Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week experience the gaming adventure through the eyes of a legendary modern day hero in Yakuza Like a Dragon. We're also looking at the definitive edition of Mafia 2 and returning for more madness in Remnant from the Ashes. Plus, we've got news including free games and DLC. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Draw something. Oh, are you talking? Are you talking about that show? Because you said Rudy. Yes, I'm talking about Chalk Zone. <laughs> I just, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was like, what, Rudy? I, I was watching a few episodes of that over the over the past week, and I gotta say, for a show that was that's like 20 years old at this point, it's very good, <laughs> very good for a cartoon. Oh, man, it is gonna be 20. Man. I remember that show was new. Yeah, I remember when it came out. I guess I was reading that the first season was produced in 1999, but didn't show up on TV until like 01 or 02, I forget the year. But I'm getting off track here. Draw something. You know, if we drew something, we could sell it as as one of these newfangled NFT things that everybody seems to be talking about. I vaguely know what that is. Yeah, it's like... You have a picture online, and you sell it to somebody, and I guess some of them sell for millions of dollars, and it's just a picture that's online, but they have a token that says it's theirs, and I see that everybody's been doing this lately, so maybe, it just maybe, I could draw a cool, you know, fan art of Chalk Zone or something. I was thinking about doing this, because, you know, I draw a lot, too, and maybe selling it as an NFT, but then... I thought, that seems kind of weird. I'm, I'm not a professional on what these things actually are, but it's kind of crazy how people are making a lot of, like, instant money with these things. Man, I don't know. I sound like an old person, and I'll keep it that way. I honestly have no idea what's going on. I just play games. I just play games, man. <laughs> Me too. I just saw these things, like, everybody's been talking about it for, like, two weeks now, and I was going to bring it up last week, but I decided not to, but this week, so many people have talked about it, and just like, what a weird thing. And then I was saying, hmm, what if there was an NFT episode of the podcast? And then I thought, nah, we're not going to gate content for people like that. I want everybody to hear every episode. True. That is true. Yep. So, not an NFT It's actually Markers on the Map, a gaming adventure. It's a podcast hosted by me, Daniel, and my good friend here, Robert. How have you been this week? I don't know. I actually don't know how I feel like I've been this week. I feel like this has kind of been normal, so I guess that's in a good sense, too. It's kind of been getting normal. Well, it's normal for how long normal's been for maybe the past year, so. Yeah, things are looking up, I think. Things are starting to look up for the world. A lot of game news this week, that's for sure. I wasn't expecting that. But I, I think it's safe to say that things are starting to look a little better, look up and all that, as we get um, deeper and deeper into March here. So, we're going to start off this week with a little bit of news. And the first thing I want to bring up on our news this week 
is something we tend to forget about. So we know that Mario 35 and Mario 64 Sunshine and Galaxy Collection is going to apparently be delisted on March 31st and no more physical copies will be produced of the 3D collection and all that. But we, we're forgetting. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon also disappears from digital storefront on March 31st. I don't like this. <laughs> I understand when a game gets delisted for maybe legal reasons. Obviously, you know, sometimes the, you know, the, it's not even like bad. It's just that maybe the, the, the copyright just expires. So they're just like, you know, just like, they're like, whatever about it. But I don't know how I feel about this. Like maybe not making more physical. I can understand that. Like maybe they don't want to make too much. They don't want to overproduce it, but just taking off the digital store. I don't get that. Just come like they own it. It's their game. Yeah, it seems like there's no licensing issues. Nintendo owns Mario. Yeah, yeah, they could keep Mario thing. 35 running. You only need 35 people to play around with that, and there's got to be more than 35 people on at the same time. And then this is Fire Emblem. The Switch has sold a lot. There's more than 35 people on that. Yeah, and this is Fire Emblem. It's got a huge fan base. This is the first game. It was localized. Why would it's six bucks? <laughs> I bought it. I haven't played it yet. But why would you take it off? It just seems a little silly. I guess it's like a Walt Disney vault thing. You remember back in the 90s when you popped in a VHS and they were like, these classic Walt Disney films are coming out of the vault, and so buy them now before we put them back in there? Yeah, that's that's kind of what uh, some of that feels like to me. I know we touched on that back when they had this weird announcement that Mario 3D All-Stars would be gone on March 31st. We're like, this feels yeah. like the Disney vault. So will they bring it back? Maybe. My theory, hear me out, is that maybe they're going to remake the trilogy of 3D Mario games. And they don't want people to buy the old ones anymore. But I know that's 100% probably not going to happen. <laughs> I know there's the whole NES and Super Nintendo, like, download and, you know, if you get online you can play all that. But I wish they would just release a physical version of the original first one, the original second one from Japan... And then two, three, and then All-Stars, you know, with all, like, the nice graphics and all that. And then New Super Mario World. And maybe, like, the Game Boy games like Mario Land. And just put that on a collection, too, like this one. With a nice, maybe, art book or something, like the Hades yeah. one is coming out. Yeah, that'd be cool. I I highly doubt that, too. But you know what? We like to dream here on Markers on the Map. <laughs> hey, man, anything's possible. There's been crazier things that we thought could never i mean i thought destroying humans would never get a remake i was like it's a fun game but i don't think you know they're gonna put the effort into doing it but i was surprisingly and happy wrong i was so happy i was wrong about that and it also got that physical re-release from limited run for the ps4 the original ps2 game mm -hmm. but that's destroy all humans i think mario's a little harder to <laughs> to work with probably than you know a third party game but hey you never know they did do All Stars for the Wii, right? The yeah, I mean, think about one, it too. So. I, I like uh, Nintendo's always kind of been this whole like, no, we gotta really, you know, and I understand that you gotta protect what they, you know, they own. But I mean, look at like Smash Bros. Wasn't it like at first they're kind of like, you know, the hesitant to like put in Mario? They're like, oh, I don't know about that. But once they saw, it, they're like, okay, yeah, this, there's something here. Yeah. So we got that. Crazy times. Even crazier is that. PlayStation's Play at Home initiative it expanded a lot this week. And they announced that they're going to give away a lot of indie games for free. 
and some VR games. So we got a list here. Um, on March 25th, they're going to do Abzu. Um, I've heard of Abzu. It's like a underwater type uh, game. I think the guy who did Journey did it, or the team. Enter the Gungeon, an amazing, fantastic roguelike game that's similar to Binding of Isaac, except you use guns. Um, Res Infinite, another one of those cool, trippy games. Um, Subnautica that I've heard good things about. It's like a first-person um, underwater game, so it's underwater-themed, I guess. Um, the Witness, it's a puzzle game. They have Astrobot, so it's the VR version of you know Astrobot that was uh, on PS5. Mm-hmm. It, this is the prequel to that, I guess, but I think it's VR only. Um, there's Moss, that game where you play as the little mouse. Thumper, which is that really cool like roller coaster rhythm game that has the like crazy music and visuals that I've always wanted to try. Um, Paper Beast, which looks pretty cool. And finally, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition will be free starting April 19th, 2021. So I'm liking this. I'm liking free games, and I'm excited to finally have a copy of Gungeon for my PS4. That's actually the big one for me. Honestly, I see it, because indie games, they, I, I guess they're still underground. They're not mainstream. You know you know what mainstream games are, you know, from really big companies, so there's indie games. I mean, so basically, when it comes to that, you know Sony probably struck a deal like, hey, we'll make this game free for this month, and we know we'll pay you whatever i don't know we'll, we'll pay you in a whole if you want like a truckload of main mission with cheese like if that's what you want to get paid and we'll pay you in that but yeah it's like i think being exposed to indie games could be a benefit for everyone it's like they get paid or whatever they you know maybe they get a better deal on whatever they feel like so it's just whatever they feel like but also people will be exposed and now more indie games they they thought they wanted to try or may not even thought of maybe they'll be interested in now and that's what i yeah. see it as Exactly. It's like, I've played a lot of indie games the past couple of years, and there's a certain charm and quality to them that feels less, I don't know, stale than your, you know, your normal AAA games, to where they have a little more heart put into them. I don't know, it always felt to me like something like Isaac or Gungeon. Um, Cuphead. W- yeah, without, Cuphead, yeah, without the idea of you know randomized element or not randomized elements loot boxes or stuff like that they have randomized elements they're roguelike games um cuphead's not but cuphead doesn't have like purchase this power up for no you play the game you get the power up it's gonna have some dlc but you normally in an indie game you play you get the power up you run a roguelike over and over and over again and you're still finding new stuff i mean yeah like i say my favorite game of all time is Prince of Persia, the original. And that was an indie game. It was literally made by, like, probably, like, five people. Jordan Mechner was, like, the original creator, and he worked on it. So, you know, that sometimes an indie game can really outperform a lot of these other big title games. And that's nothing yeah. wrong, because then maybe you'll start a new series or a passion behind it. And there's definitely some heart um, in Gungeon, especially, because that's the, the big one that I have played on that list. Gungeon is a very challenging game, but a very cool, like, the theming is cool, the music, the songs, the presentation, and the production is all really cool, so I can't wait for more people to kind of sink their teeth into that one, so that's cool that PS is doing that. Heart of the games, Daniel, that's ridiculous. These games are nothing all about power. (laughs) True, you can get very powerful in a roguelike, but it's all random. You might get a bad roll. (laughs) So you might not get good synergies. This is 
this is how you talk about roguelikes. You might get good synergies, you might get bad synergies. Sometimes there's luck elements. But, speaking of indie games, Disco Elysium got an announcement of a release date for March 30th on PS5 and PS4 for the Director's Cut. Um, it'll be a free update for people who own the PC version. But I have been waiting so long for this game to come to PlayStation. It's been It's been a long time. This is that one where... I haven't seen much of it, but this is apparently that one where the choices that you make or the things you say to people do have, like, effects on how certain events play out. So, I am really looking forward to this. This might be the dream game I've been asking for. Well, it is very much... The combat is all dialogue checks. So, I don't Uh know if it's the dream game that you've been asking for, but because it's all dialogue checks, but it's definitely in the right direction for what you've said that you've wanted a game to do for a while um the combat itself is just dialogue checks there's no like fighting enemies or something but i am very much looking forward to it it's kind of like the console version of a tabletop game so that's pretty cool next up we have some stuff that's dropping this week um so it'll all be out by the time this episode goes up first of all that avengers update the long-awaited avengers update is finally, finally here. I guess that's all I gotta say about that because I'm probably gonna play a ton of it over the weekend, to be honest with you. <laughs> Man, you're, you, I mean, you know, props to you for sticking to it. Not a lot of people would, would give a game multiple, not even multiple tries, but you stuck with it. I'm championing this game. It's gotta be, it's gotta have its turnaround point. I like the combat, but it's, this PS5 update, I'm gonna give it a run and, uh, report back i guess next week with with what's been going on with it also announced for this week is the doom eternal ancient gods part 2 dlc the surprising thing about this for me is that they still don't have news on the next gen update for doom eternal but they showed a trailer for ancient gods part 2 i haven't played the first part yet because i'm kind of waiting for the update but i watched the trailer for this and it just seems like they're taking it to so extreme of a level with this one because they're saying that this is apparently the end of the doom slayers saga so there's probably not going to be a third game in this particular incarnation of doom but doom eternal is one of those games that i can get behind i'm so shocked that i haven't picked up any of the new doom games i think they're both good but they're both really different from each other doom 2 or doom eternal almost feels like a a combat puzzle game in relation to the first one, which played more just like a first-person shooter with cool guns and everything, but they're both really good. Both both worth checking out, you know, on sale. No, wait, no. I played Doom Eternal one time. Oh, yeah, 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 on SharePlay. I forgot about that. I did. Yeah, we SharePlay. I forgot you SharePlayed it. Yeah, so the Doom Eternal is all about making use of every weapon that you have and then using the chainsaw attachment to, to get Also, ammo. it was probably moment- more momentum. Yes, it's very momentum-based. There's a lot of platforming puzzles. It's funny, there's platforming challenges and, like, swimming sections that I thought weren't that popular, but they highlight them in the trailer for this DLC. I'm like, that's pretty bold of them. But overall, the DLC looks great. I still kind of want to wait to play it when the PS5 update comes out, if it ever does. So there's that. We were going to have Borderlands <laughs> content this week, but um, due to the whole snowstorms in Texas, um, those got pushed back to April 8th. So we're going to hold off on that. And 
Fall Guys Season 4 dropped its trailer. So that's cool. Um uh, an announced an announced date for the um release of the season, uh March 22nd, which is Monday. That's cool. But lo and behold, they revealed some let's say premium costumes uh this week. Oh man. With a little acknowledgement of the costume I like to call Cajun fries. I'm so upset that they picked the hamburger. Well, it was majority vote, so people, everyone who voted obviously wanted the burger, but it kind of just looked like a burger with a pickle on it, and I was just like, why can't they just put them all in the game? True, and and unfortunately, this makes me think that the Cajun fries are going to be associated with one of their contests, which are notoriously difficult to win because the game is so popular, and I'm like, no, no, just put it in the shop, just put it in the shop. Just put it in the shop. I'll pay 10 crowns for the Cajun fries. Just put it in the shop. You'll gladly pay 20 crowns. I'll pay 20 crowns. <laughs> I will gladly take some Cajun fries for 20 crowns on Tuesday. Bruh, I'm just... Why? Just put them all out. There's no reason not to have them. I, I don't know. Maybe they have a reason, but I just... What I've seen that... Like I said, Fall Guys usually does put most of their things up. So, I'm like, yeah. there should be no reason why it's not there. This was not the set of costumes I was expecting to be, like, not sold as a $5 DLC pack. That's what I, I was, was expecting, expecting that, too. They could have just sold it as a $5 set. So, maybe it's just the burger that they're doing for this contest, and maybe they'll release a pack with it later. Maybe this is, like, quote-unquote early access costumes. But, oh my god, those Cajun fries. An official image of them. I need it. I need the Cajun fries. They acknowledge it. It's acknowledged. Even though it was in the trailer back in August. Now we're not going to let it go. Mediatonic. I need that Cajun Fries costume. This is Daniel from Markers on the Map. Please. I'll pay ten crowns. <laughs> I have seven, but I can earn three more with the new Battle Pass. <laughs> and speaking of the new Battle Pass, we talked about how it was going to be 50 levels now, and there's some Among Us costumes that got revealed. That's uh, pretty cool and very expected. Yeah, uh, expected. A little bit later than maybe expected. I feel like they maybe should have made them earlier, but, you know, like I said, better late than never. So, Xbox had some news this week. Uh, big news, actually. All those Bethesda games dropped on Game Pass. Octopath Traveler got announced for Xbox Series X this week and is coming to Game Pass next week. You know, that Switch-exclusive RPG that came to the PC eventually is coming to Game Pass, like, next week. Oh, boy. It's it's sort of surprising, not really. I'm shocked. I, I know because but Nintendo and Microsoft have kind of been like they haven't been like homies but they they they've worked together. That's true, but I think it's falling probably solely on Square Enix for this particular decision, but that's kind of yeah. a big that's kind of a big thing. Octopath Traveler on on the Xbox Series X. That's that's quite the game. I love that game. I was talking about it last week, I think when I was talking about how I don't really like bravely default too so another big thing though is that a lot of those bethesda games got some 60 frames you know upgrades on series x that i don't think are happening on the playstation i mean you know it's fair that's fair i mean i guess they did pay a lot of money for that's Bethesda. that's fair <laughs> i don't care because you know what did get a 60 frames update a game that's just like Fallout, but not Fallout, called The Outer Worlds, got some DLC and a 60 frames patch for 
both the Xbox and PlayStation versions this week. So you know what? I grabbed my copy and I'm going to play that game again because <laughs> that's a great game. It's a fine game, I should say. More more games need to do that. <coughs> Death Stranding. More games need to do that. We talk about this every week. We talk about which game should get the 60 frames patch next. So I'm going to say what I usually say. And I'm going to say Death Stranding. It's just like Death Stranding needs to get it. I need that sweet 60 frames as I walk along a frozen mountain carrying boxes of PlayStation consoles to whomever requested them. At this point, if it's probably developers, just I, I don't know if if it doesn't take as much time, there should be a 60 frames update. Obviously, it, it depends on time and how much effort they're going to put into it. Yeah, but it seems so easy. I just feel like unlock the frame rate. (laughs) Outer Worlds, that game is like a year and a half old. They just gave it a 60. Destroy all humans, all that stuff. They did give it a 60 frames. That is true. So, come on, Death Stranding. And a few other games I could think of, like maybe Remnant. Um, That would kind of benefit, I think. But, you know, Throw us a bone. Throw us a bone. (laughs) So I like that. But you know what I don't like? What don't you like? The idea that Destiny 2 Forsaken could be vaulted in the future. Oh, this idea. So we know neither of us have been into Destiny for a while. I used to be pretty big into it. But we know that the vanilla content of Destiny 2 is quote-unquote vaulted now, which means it's not accessible. You can't play it. But I, I get how that makes things easier for new people to hop in and all that. But the thing about Forsaken potentially being vaulted in the future was this: this was a pretty premium expansion for an already full price game at the time and i don't know how i feel about that because forsaken is one great and two a lot of money back in the day i'm not on board with this one i'm hopping off the the train imagine if they took out like the base game of borderlands because borderlands Borderlands 2 for no reason just got rid of all the for like the two, the first two deals, or think about it like this: What if Borderlands, because their season pass two is coming out? What mm-hmm. if the first two DLCs were just taken out for no reason? That we're gonna vault it, or even like some campaign stuff was just vaulted because like, eh, hey, no one does that no more. Like, uh, like the proving grounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. What if they were just like, yeah, oh, we're just gonna vault that. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. But see, the thing about Forsaken is it's such a... Like, that Borderlands is... That's that's like a what-if. That's an extreme case. But the thing with Forsaken is that, much like the campaign of Destiny 2, why couldn't they have just left the campaign in? And if they wanted to vault the extra activities that haven't been updated in ages or have no new rewards or aren't worth playing, why would you want to take out the campaigns? The story of Forsaken is what I mostly played. But when you take out the campaign of Vanilla Destiny 2, you're taking out a good five hours of content. It's like, it almost doesn't matter if you take out things that are optional activities that don't give you great rewards, but leave the campaign in. Forsaken's got a great story. I'm not on board with any of it, but if you were going to vault something, leave the campaign in. I'm not on board because, it, I don't know, I don't really don't know the whole mentality of it helps new players. It doesn't because then there's not a lot to do because then you're stuck behind a paywall. You have to pay something in order. You have to pay some type of DLC in order to get it. But the more you pay the DLC and then they like two years from now, three, four years from now, they take that away. It just doesn't sit right with me. And, you know, that this means basically that the real test is when they bring back this old content, 
Will it be different? Will it be changed? Will it be worth experiencing again? I just don't think they should vault uh, Forsaken, in my opinion. I think they reached their limit, and anything further than that is unnecessary and uncalled for. Yeah. Doesn't seem like there's enough there to me yet, looking in as an outsider, for Forsaken itself to be vaulted at this point. And honestly, campaigns should never be vaulted. It's campaigns, single-player content. And it's just like the premise of someone, because obviously there's someone who, let's say, they don't make enough to buy every DLC, and so they made enough to buy this one DLC, and then they're fine with it, but then it gets vaulted. Yeah. Don't don't take away content. Especially if it's paid. If Destiny started as free-to-play, it would be a different story, but people will pay it for forsaken basically imagine if you bought destiny 2 like day one and you played and you paid for everything hey i did that and they start taking away things yeah i haven't played in a while though so forsaken was my jumping off point it was starting to get too complicated with the it was starting to get to be a bit much of a grind for me so that's destiny news other news we got super bomberman r that stadia game i believe is the one it's coming to consoles with crossplay. It's going to be a free-to-play game. I'm always down for Super Bomberman R. That's a, a I have it on the Switch. Real good game. Lots of fun um, with people and free-to-play. Can't really go wrong. A lot of best games are free-to-play at this moment. A lot of the most popular games are free-to-play. Yeah, let's let's say most popular definitely best up for debate. But there's some good free-to-play games out there. I know people are into Genshin Impact, but I tried it, didn't really like it, but Tetris 99 was always a good one for me. And we, we, we technically Fall Guys, but because we got it on Plus, but still. <laughs> still, yeah, a lot, a lot of the most popular stuff is free to play. I, I, I'm also still on the on the boat, I guess, of if it's st- strictly a multiplayer game, it either should be free to play or it should not be a full price game. Yeah, I think so, too. Unless you're going to have some substantial single-player or PvE content, multiplayer should never be, you know, full-priced. And it, it's yeah. tended to go that way the past couple of years. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of games now that are like that tend to go on sale very often. And, you know, you got things like Fortnite with the brand-new Tomb Raider skin and all that stuff. So there's a lot of cool free-to-play games out there. I don't play Fortnite, but, you know, it's there. Apex is there. It launched on Switch. but So a lot of those popular games are free. And... We also have an Animal Crossing update because we're about to hit the one-year anniversary. They are going to add some customization slots, I believe, and some Sanrio characters and items. I think I'll pick up the card pack for that when I get Monster Hunter. A few other little things. Not a, not a giant update, but hey, it's been a year since Animal Crossing came out. It's already the second highest selling Switch game, slightly under Mario Kart 8, so... It's catching up. It's gonna be their watch. It's gonna unless they drop like Mario Kart Nine. It's it's gonna beat eventually. Yeah, I, I don't even think Mario Kart Nine could catch up at this point. <laughs> but then they'll re-release LC. Mario Kart Nine on whatever the next console is. Is Mario Kart Nine the, the new Switch Two? I guess or whatever the Switch Pro. The Switch Pro. <laughs> and last but not least, Siege. We got Siege news. Yeah. Uh, new new year, new season. Uh, Crimson Heist dropped uh, yesterday. Played a bit of that, but yeah, so it's a new year, so staying six years. They're they're on year six, so it's the game's been out for a while now. Very nice to see it still going strong. They're changing a lot 
and I, I don't think in a bad way. I, I've said this before, and I've just I said this with you, but it kind of reminds me of Yu-Gi-Oh. I see a lot of, I want to say a lot of people. I've seen some people being like, I like even friends of mine. Like I like the old Siege. It's kind of the same mentality. It's like I like the old Yu-Gi-Oh because it didn't have all this stuff. I'm just like, well, that's not true because I was sort of like that with Yu-Gi-Oh, but only because Pendulum really confused me. But honestly, you look at Yu-Gi-Oh now. I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh is in a good spot. It's not getting worse. I don't see. I honestly don't see it getting worse. I was like, no, it's getting better because they just keep adding new things to the game. You know. I don't mm-hmm. want the same stale old type of game for six years. I want new and different, and I want things to innovate. And even if it's controversial or even if it's broken in that sense, at least they'll have a new way to either fix it or... I'm just saying, most of the fun things in games, even in, like, fighting games, look at Marvel's Capcom 2. That's such a broken game because there's so many broken characters, but that was so much fun. A lot of things that are broken are fun. Or introducing a new mechanic into Street Fighter Five, like five years in. Yeah, it's like I I don't want the same I don't want the same siege that I, that was when it first dropped because I'll just be like it's just the same siege every night, so I'm just gonna you know give up on it, move to something else because it's different. I like that they're adding new things to it. I I, I just say I'm really into the changes they're wanting to do with this game, and they're really backing up you know supporting this game and i'm and i'm really happy about that it's always good when you can have support for a game for that long not a lot of paid games do that (laughs) no it's usually these free-to-play games that get consistent updates and even then they start dropping off after a while so cool i am very happy that uh, siege continues to expand and grow uh so did you know robert that this is the 30th episode of markers on the map the 30th episode on the St. Patrick's Day that we're recording this must be yes. a lucky number. Oh, and like every episode of Markers on the Map, we've got a Nintendo Switch rumor. And this rumor is sponsored by Markers on the Map Presents Trial by Energy Drink. Not the new Mountain Dew energy drink that they announced like this morning that I saw and I got really upset at. Okay, it's Trial by Energy Drink. And this week's flavor is GG Grape. For when you had a good game. Our rumor this week is for Castle of Darkness starring Meta Knight. Dreary is the day I became the man I am. A rampant misery has taken over the world. Dreamland has fallen into a state of chaos and despair. This is the age before heroics. A strange time. When the old ones fought over territory in order to change the balance of life and existence as we know it. This is Castle of Darkness, the tragic beginnings of Meta Knight, a brand new 2D platformer for the Nintendo Switch. Our nameless hero starts powerless on the lower levels of the castle, armed with only his fists as he is swarmed by mysterious and frightening foes. But as you progress from floor to floor, he will gain weapons of the utmost variety from the foes he defeats, from swords to staffs, and use enemy essence to imbue them with magical elements and properties, from fire to electricity and elements beyond that of common man. Face off against shadowy bosses set on keeping this hero locked inside the castle for eternity. 
as the hope of those outside the walls must not be restored. Each boss holds a fragment to a mask of villainy that only ones who have conquered all can wear upon their scarred visage. Furthermore, our hero will meet many allies as he makes his way up and aid them in special requests that can be completed and turned it at any time, for the hero's journey is a long yet linear one. Settle to the smooth, chill synthwave soundtrack as you trek through 99 floors, teeming with challenge and stranger foes the higher up you go. Become the master you were meant to be, take down the generals, and face off against one of the few remaining old ones as the saga of our tragic hero unfolds. Then, take to the bonus modes where boss rush and a roguelike randomizer await. Complete the mask and unleash an icon unto the world in the Castle of Darkness starring Meta Knight only for the Nintendo Switch. I got chills, man, because we don't really know what Meta Knight's past is. Man, I really didn't even know what he looks like. He looks like Kirby, except he's like dark blue and he has yellow eyes. Hey, man, that's uh, that's your rumor. I, you know, you just believe whatever you want to believe in. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this feels a little like Castle of Illusion. You know, back for the Sega Genesis. This is a 2D platformer. We've got the quote-unquote copy abilities, except it's Meta Knight taking weapons from his foes and giving them magical properties and stuff. There's a roguelike randomizer. I loves me some Meta Knight. <laughs> so, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I got chills. It's simple. I know who he is. Think who about is it. Who is he? He wears dark clothing. He wears a. He has a cape. He has bat wings. He, he you know, he has weird eyes. He's a 90s senesce mascot for an obscured company to to rival sonic i th- i think i know what you're getting at here but i'm gonna raise you one in the television program kirby right back at you which aired on the fox box um saturday morning kids cartoons block in that anime meta knight of castle of darkness starring meta knight was voiced by a voice actor who voiced a particular gentleman who is very rich and in an anime about card games <laughs> Med Knight and Kaiba used to share a voice actor. <laughs> and to that, I give this rumor full credibility. And I know it's coming the next direct. It has to be. It has to be. Whatever that Sakurai, is. Sakurai? <laughs> Put this in the next direct. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Meta Knight. <laughs> oh, so, man. this week, we played some games. I. I played a game that I think has the capacity to crack the top five for me. So, let's start really? with that. Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, I have the PS5 version because it was a free upgrade. This game, like, I was expecting it to be good. Yakuza games are great. They're very well written. Um, it's usually the brawler-style gameplay that falls a little flat for me, but that's not the case in this one because it's not there. I don't want to get too much into the details of the plot because from the beginning, I think a lot of things can be considered spoilers. But basically in this game, you play as a man named Ichiban Kasuga, and he is a member of a Yakuza family um, at one point. And you are 
the Yakuza, you go around a town in Japan. It's usually Kamurocho, and you kind of start there in this one, but then you go to, I believe it's called Ijincho in Yokohama. And the thing that immediately sets this game apart from the other games is that this is a turn-based RPG, but it feels kind of Mario & Luigi-esque in that sometimes you'll have button prompts or you'll have prompts to do like a perfect guard while enemies are attacking you. But what immediately struck me, Robert, is that there is a completely canon reason for why this game is turn-based. And that is the fact that Ichiban loves Dragon Quest. So he kind of sees the world around him as an RPG. So when you have this turn-based <laughs> battle system, it's because he's viewing the world as a turn-based battle system. <laughs> oh, <some> man. <laughs> that's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> So, you bringing that up just reminded me of something while playing a different game. What? It reminded me of something in Mafia 2. I'll, I'll talk about it when we get there, but let's keep talking about Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, another cool thing is that sometimes the enemies will transform. Like, you'll have random people walking on the street, and they're really, like, hilarious enemies. Like, they'll turn into, like, stereotypical, almost, archetype of villain characters. And sometimes they'll transform, but he's imagining them transforming. So none of the other members of the party understand that they're fighting, like, somebody who's transformed into a giant or something. They just think they're fighting normal people. It's sort of like JoJo. If you're not a stand user, you can't see what's going on. Exactly. But he sees it's it almost like he's way. the stand user. Yeah, and he sees it a certain way. Um. So the characters that I've met so far are um, Adachi. He's an ex-cop who's like the cool the funny thing about this game is that they they are older people that you're playing as um ichiban is 42 i believe um adachi's 59 he's an ex-cop but he's kind of like helping ichiban uh, like acclimate to his new life for plot reasons i won't spoil it on here and then there's nanba who was a homeless guy that joins the party and now they're kind of living they're all kind of living together helping each other find jobs or make money and all that there's also saiko who i just recently um met and she is younger she's the first female to join the party and the attacks that these characters have are so amazing they're so well done the first thing i recognize with the battle system is that you know in a turn-based rpg you're kind of stand your characters are standing there and they're fighting that mm-hmm. they're they're facing an enemy in this they're walking around the whole time they're surrounding enemies they're being surrounded by enemies but everything is always in motion so it feels like an actual like what an art what a turn-based rpg would be like in real life um but the attacks are so hilarious and well done like ichiban he'll have his attacks where he hits people with his bat um adachi will have like like a rod of some kind but then you've got special attacks like nanba is able to like he drinks and then he like like shoots his breath into a lighter to to set enemies on fire (laughs) (laughs) and saiko you can like hit people with her bag but then she's also she's done boxer size so she'll use her boxer size moves from boxer size class to like pummel enemies so like everything's got a humor element to it um if nanba wants to restore his hp he'll put like a makeshift bed down on the ground and like scratch himself and like fall asleep in front of the enemies and stuff like that 
And oh, another man. cool thing that they kept over from Yakuza is if there's something in the way of you running up to an enemy, your character will interact with that. So if there's a bicycle standing in between uh, Ichiban and an enemy, on the way to hit that enemy, he will pick up that bike <laughs> and hit the enemy with that first. And then he'll what? attack. So this stuff is like, it's blowing my mind. Um, and that's just the battle system. There, There's... There's a... <laughs> it's so good man it's just <laughs> there's so much to say that th- this will be a this will be an ongoing game but there's so much to say um i encountered a character who is clearly a, a professor oak um parody uh-huh and he introduces you to the concept of sujimon and he gives you what's called the suji decks to record them so every enemy in the game that you fight gets a suji decks entry where you can read about their stats and their moves and listen to their like the noise they make and and look at the models just like in Pokemon. So there's like a mini version of Pokemon stuffed into this Yakuza like a dragon game. You, in the, you even had a part where you choose a red, a blue, or a green one as the starter Sujimon that you fight. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this game I I'm in, I I've been interested in in the Yakuza series. Yeah, I really want to try this one now. For sure, it it being turn based is very different, but the turn based in this is not like your usual turn based fare. It's very, it's 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 got a lot of motion and variety and comedy to it. Um, and of course, being Yakuza, this game is very, very heavy on plot, and it's dark sometimes. It gets dark, but then you have the sub stories, which are usually comedy. Um, there was a sub story I did where <laughs> Ichiban meets up with, or he's walking a, along a, a bridge and he sees a crawfish and the crawfish like holds its arms up and he's like, oh, I don't want this little guy to get run over. So he throws the crawfish into a, um, into the water and an old man rushes up saying, oh, what would you do with my poor Nancy? He's like, he owned this crawfish. It was his pet. And he took oh. it for walks around the town. So you go get the crawfish, and you give it back to him. And the the quest line revolves around you getting this uh this older guy a premium sushi set because he's actually been raising the crawfish so that he could completely eat it. So crazy things happen in Yakuza games, but this one's just oh my god, it's like it's hard to even be coherent because i'm just thinking of so many things that are awesome with this game there's a side quest that introduces you to the part-time hero app where you go around the city doing various quests or collecting items doing you know fetch quests sometimes you fight enemies for people and these raise your hero rank you have conversations with all the party members that get really in depth and this is all just aside from the story which has been very like very intriguing now you kind of always wondering what's going on so i was playing this game this past weekend i've put about 13 hours into it so far definitely has a shot of cracking the top five for me of all time if it continues to grow on what it's already done um you know you have dungeons and everything combat is amazing the characters are all likable they are super cool and every time you turn a corner it's another new thing to see. You go into a restaurant, you order food, you might get a combo plate that like gives you stat bonuses or something. All the weapons are... It's not like swords. It's like things you can find around anywhere. Anyth- like 
the weapons seem to be like, oh, we found this. Let's use it as a weapon. The ones you buy, you can upgrade them. Even when he got his sword, quote-unquote sword, it was a bat. It was basically Lucille from The Walking Dead. And Adachi <laughs> and Nanba couldn't pull it out of the ground. But Ichiban goes up and he pulls it out of the ground because apparently he's the the great hero of the RPG. So I'm looking forward to playing more of this. It's amazing. The enemies are so funny. It's it's amazing. I can't I can't praise it enough so far. So that's uh the beginnings of Yakuza Like a Dragon. So you said you've been playing Mafia Two this week, right? The definitive yeah, uh, edition. Yeah, I, they re released Mafia Two, which I'm I'm still upset that they aren't releasing physical versions of those games of mm-hmm. uh, of the second one because two and three have physicals, but not the second one on PS4 and all that. But that's besides the point. Uh, picked up the definitive edition. Or I played the original on PS3, but I on the boat that if I can't have backwards compatibility from PS3 onwards, just re-release all those games on PS3 to PS4. So, kind of like I I pick this one up, you know, have it on both systems just because. But uh, definitive edition, so it comes with all the DLC that the original one had. Plus, they added more stuff to it. They added like. Uh, Lincoln's car from the third one, his outfit. Uh, when you get past certain missions, you unlock certain vehicles that were in that mission. Like uh, an example is one where there's hot rods. And in the original, you have to sell it so you don't get to keep it. And it's kind of like, oh, I wish I could keep that car. So in this one, they actually just put it in your garage. Like you get to keep a lot of the vehicles that are introduced in certain missions. I don't want to get too much of you know like the story or or anything like that because. I really want to play the first one, Definitive Edition, and then beat the second one again, and then beat the third one again, then I could just do a whole thing of, like, the Mafia series. Because I, I really do like this series. But, <laughs> funny thing that you brought up was because he thought everything was an RPG. So, the game kind of explains why he things happen a certain way, why it's viewed in this way. And I really remembered when you said that a certain moment in Mafia 2 that clicked in my head. There was a part of the game where there's a character who's injured, so you had to rush him to the hospital. Or I guess a doctor. Now, I don't want to spoil because the big whole spoil. I don't want to spoil the story, but uh, you got basically got to rush him to get some help. Um, and then uh, your best friend, whose name goes by uh, Joe Joe Barbaro, he's Vito's best friend, says like he explains like, oh yeah, this guy, he he, you know, he's the doctor, and you know, he does this stuff and he'll heal you up. But then in the middle of that speech, he says. He says, but you don't need to worry about him, Vito. You heal up pretty fast. Must be your diet or something. <laughs> so the game explains why your character just auto-heals and he doesn't need to see the doctor if you, like, get hit by anything. Even to get, like, hit in the face, he's like, and he might have his, like, a loose tooth or something. He never needs to go back to the hospital because it's like, oh, it must be his diet. He, you know, you heal pretty quick. I love when games do that, when there's a canon explanation for why there's, like, revival mechanics or why the game is presented in the way it does. Destiny and Borderlands <laughs> kind of do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> with the with the ghosts and the, the new use and all that. Um, Mafia has that. And Yakuza has the whole, it's an RPG because that's how you see the world. So I like when, when games do things. Like that. I love it. So, yeah, it, remind, it just, rem- when you said it, it reminded me of that. But I guess... There are some, besides maybe some graphical, like maybe some graphic glitches, and I don't think it's really the the game that's the problem, because they weren't in the third one, in like the PS3 version. Mm-hmm. I just think it's because they, you know, PS3 to PS4, there might have been some things that the code couldn't get 100% right. 
you know, the whole thing that PS3 games were difficult to, you know, work on and make and all that. But other than that, it's pretty much, I would say, is the way to play Mafia 2. It's like a Destroyer Human. It's not a complete remake. It's just, you know, re-release with some DLC and, you know, better uh, lighting and, and a little better shading and all that. But it does make it better because you do get a lot of bonus clothing items, a lot of bonus cars, a lot of bonus, just a lot of bonus stuff that you're like, yeah, this is the way to play this game i know there's a trophy in the original i was like get to a 125 miles per hour and i remember i could not get that trophy because i never had a car that can go that fast except for the mission with the hot rod and i'm just like well now i have to save this hot rod but go around you know sell some cars to like the junkyard or whatever and just like i have to do certain things in order to get enough money to fully upgrade it to get that trophy with this one i got that trophy no problem because a lot of the dlc cars that they put in the in the garage uh-huh. for you it's like they can hit that speed like nothing so it it helps i'm pretty much it pretty much it helps with the trophy part of that mm-hmm. game kind of feels like burnout paradise remaster where like the toy cars can't crash at least i've never been able to crash a toy car and get those good speeds win those races and stuff like that it's yeah always nice when a trophy that was a, a pain before is easier in a re-release or if there's something that makes that easier for getting some kind of achievement because of some dlc that <laughs> it reminds you of like getting money grinding dlc in shin megami tensei 4 because it was there or mm-hmm. level grinding dlc in fire emblem i think it was awakening so there's stuff like that always nice to have things that could be grindy made easier hearkening back to to last week's little discussion on grinding <laughs> yeah but uh i is i i i know what part i think i'm gonna like I know that I think there's like 15, 20 chapters in the game. I'm I'm pretty much like halfway through the game. I'm on chapter ten. I I I know the game. I still remember that game. You know. Yeah. When I first played it, and I beat it all the way through. I'm doing it on the hardest on the hardest difficulty because there is a trophy to beat it on the hardest difficulty. Oh, that's bold. And it's not. But you know the it, game. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard. I guess one because I know it. I know how how the AI works and how everything works. So I know what to do and all that. Mm-hmm. But. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, I pick a Mafia one, play that, and then beat the second one, do all that, and then beat the third one. And we just have a whole episode just based on that, maybe. But nice I'm, ho- I'm special looking forward to Mafia that. special. Yeah. All right. So we both also played another little thing this week. <laughs> we played more Remnant from the Ashes on. You played Remnant. I was over there bashing my fist to the ground of how <laughs> much trouble i had with that final boss that we were trying to do well i mean before that we did play a a bit (laughs) it was fairly easy i mean there was one boss that was obnoxious but i think because there was two of us it was less obnoxious than it could have been um the one that shoots all the swords out from the the side in the front that was pretty brave ward from borderlands no 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 he was easy (laughs) i'm talking about this other one the the one that had the the arrows and stuff yeah Yeah. it's like spider one looking one yeah so later on in that game there's a world boss uh i forget the name of it but it's like a b thing and there's the 15th and the 16th and you have to fight them both at once but the way that the health seems to scale on co-op is really bad so <laughs> i think we took like an hour and i don't we didn't <laughs> we, we couldn't pull it off we got close one time there we was did one get time close we were one really time. close um so i ended up going and beating it 
in single player it still took me a while and it was tough and i got super duper close a couple times so i was getting kind of frustrated but the the health scaling in single player is a little bit better for that i don't like that boss i i don't like souls games or souls likes where you have to fight more than one thing at a time i just don't but i uh did finish the campaign and my biggest issue i think came with the final boss and this might be a spoiler for remnant i'm not going to spoil what it is but the final boss has a mechanic where you don't do any damage to it you have to get sucked into a world that drains your health constantly and the more enemies you do the more damage you'll be able to do the boss when you get out of it for a couple of rounds like a couple of shots to the boss but your health mm-hmm. drains so fast in this world that i ended up using like all my heals all the overtime healing items and all my ammo boxes it took about 20 minutes of straight focus to beat this final boss and i didn't i wasn't a fan of that so that's what you had to look forward to i guess after you fight the b thing i don't i don't know man i was at that end part i was just like i'm going to bed <laughs> it, it, it it's honestly it was a bit unfair that boss but what came after it was cool the area was nice and everything but the ending part i just didn't like it all i didn't like the ending setup i didn't like the final boss of it um i re-rolled my campaign and i got you know a good bit into the first part but then i'm like you know what with the way scaling works in this i think i've had my fill i thought that was a good decent you know 14 15 hours for a free ps plus game but you know it was all right It, it was fine I was expecting it to be more of a looter shooter, but there's a finite number of weapons, so it's more of like an upgrade-based thing. You know, it's one thing this game would have benefited from? Whoa. Grenades. True. Or cocktail mo- any type of, th- like, throwable, like, weapon. Yeah, it would have, definitely. Um, at the same time, I can see why they didn't, because some of the um, weapon mods kind of act in similar ways, like the... I found that there was a a buddy one that was the skulls and that's kind of what I used to help me on my solo run through the the B boss thing but another thing is that the buddies help by distracting the white orbs on that boss but at the same time it it, at the end it was just too much I would say that we might have had a harder time with the final boss and that would have sucked because it took me 20 minutes (laughs) it's an all right game Play it for it's all right, but plus. just that difficulty scaling where the bosses are even. Co- co-op might be difficult for that boss or a couple of the bosses, but if you if you run it solo and on normal, you're you're probably gonna do okay your first campaign. Probably, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll finish it by myself. Yeah, you're. If if it saves campaign progress for you, you're pretty close. If you need someone to run it through with you, I'm here. But the way the scaling works, I guess, is that. What I heard is that it takes the strongest weapon you own, not equipped, own, and gives the enemies that strength level plus one in every time you roll a zone. So I guess that's how it works. Oh, man. So you're telling me that I own that like really powerful sniper and it, oh, man, that's probably why. But I, what we were in my game, so it probably only counts for my role. I don't know how the scaling works in co-op. All I know is that that boss had ridiculous amounts of health when, when we pointed and it had way less when i played it because that whole entire encounter took like three minutes oh man final boss though is ridiculous so that's remnant i played a few other things this week that i'll talk about when i get more into them 
but I quickly want to mention that I finally finished a run of Hades. Um, I'm not going to disclose how I finished that run of Hades because throw some confetti. <laughs> yeah, throw some confetti. Um, I'm not going to disclose how I finished that run of Hades because I'll lose my gamer cred. Let's just say I raised <laughs> my I, I raised my um, resistance by a lot, and I still almost lost because that game. I feel like that final fight was harder because I'm on a, high, a higher run level, but I, I, I raised my resistance a decent amount, but a uh, physical release coming out. So <laughs> I like Hades. I'll keep playing it. I unlocked a bunch of new stuff. So interested in checking some of that stuff out. I also been playing more P5 Strikers, Animal Crossing, and Genosha, which I will play more of before we kind of talk about on the podcast. So that's yeah. kind of stuff to look forward to. Um, of course, we got things coming up like Avengers. We got things coming up like Fall Guys for next week. And soon, Monster Hunter Rise. But I'd say for this week, that about... I think it's most of the new stuff that... Pretty pretty major new stuff in most of the games. I've been really only playing like Mafia too. Yeah, I've been pretty enveloped in Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's exactly my jam. <laughs> so, uh, like always, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Every listener makes us feel good, and I can actually see the numbers going up, so I'm kind of getting happy about that. Um, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a rating and a review if you enjoy the show. And you can also catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean website, and follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map. And with that being said, I guess there's not much left to say, besides the usual. Sega, please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music. I need that song in the game. And that the real Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2 was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.